Hello, lovelies. Welcome to the Fat Joy Podcast, where we talk each week about how to flourish in an anti-fat world. I'm Sophia, a fat person and professional coach who loves talking to other fat people about what it's like to live within oppressive systems that marginalize our bodies and how we still dare to have the audacity and courage to reach towards our collective liberation and embrace our joy. Please know this is an adult content podcast, so there will be swears, we will be talking about harms we've experienced, and we will be rebelling against diet culture, anti-fatness, ableism, racism, etc. If you'd like to support the Fat Joy podcast and get bonus content as a thank you, please check us out at patreon.com fatjoy. I am so glad you're here with us. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fat Joy podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. Today, I have Reverend, Reverend Dr. E.K. Is it Dauphin? Dauphin. Dauphin. Okay, beautiful. Um, who I found out about. I forget how I found you. But your book title caught my eye. It must have been some kind of Instagram post someone shared. Your book is called On Fat and Faith. And I just, when I saw that, I had this moment of, oh, holy shit, I've never thought about anti-fatness within religious, organized religion spaces before. And then I started to, and I was like, oh no, okay, I definitely need to talk to some experts on this. So I'm so happy you're here. Uh, and all so-called spiritual spaces, because it's all through it, it, New Age, yoga, um, even many meditation. Maybe not in the maybe not in the actual meditation, but in the prologue and the postlogue. So yes, thank you for naming that because that is those are kind of the circles that I swim in these days since I stepped away from my organized my the religion I was raised in, which was um, Greek Orthodoxy. Uh, and yeah, there, there's some highly fraught spaces in new age spiritualism for sure. Also, not just with anti-fatness, but with racism and all sorts of other, and cultural appropriation, classism. Sexism, yeah. misogynoir. Yeah. Oh, is everyone excited about what we're about to talk about? Oh, I'm so good. Okay. Yay. All right. So Dr. E.K., can you tell us about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, I am a fat liberation high priestess and a poet laureate. I'm also an intersectional black feminist race class and equity uh, uh, community activist and consultant. Um, I earned uh, degrees at The Ohio State University and uh, Morgan State University. I've worked with uh, NAFA and ASDA and um AEJMC, because I expect your audience will know what the other acronyms stand for, <laughs> but AEJMC stands for the Association for Education in Journalism and Mass Communication. It's the oldest and largest uh, uh, collegiate and university um, uh, mass communication, you know, um, uh, organization, and also the Popular Culture Associations of Fat Studies and uh, Poetry and Black Studies area and um, Women's Health and ecology uh, areas. Um, I My work's been in uh, Essence Magazine, the Los Angeles Times, um, CNN, as well as the uh, New York, uh, Ohio, and California public media, radio, and uh, TV. 
and other stuff. Other <laughs> stuff. Wow. Oh my gosh. Just for people, if they don't, because you know, I actually surprisingly and gratefully have a lot of straight size listeners. So what NAFA is, let me tell them, see if I can pass this test. National Association for, is it size acceptance? Fat acceptance. For fat acceptance. Okay. National Association for Fat Acceptance, NAFA. And then what was the other one? The ASDA. Yeah. Association for um, Size, Diversity, and Health. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And both that have gone through an intersectional uh, rebirth in recent years too, which I am so delighted. I had many painful uh, battles um, before then. Yeah. Well, thank you for that labor because it makes the organizations much more inclusive and richer for it. So, yeah. Wow. Um, all right. So you have such credentials behind you. Um, let's bring it back to you, the person. What is your relationship journey with, journey towards the word fat? How's this word showed up in your life? Uh, well, um, of course. And one of the, one of the things um, that I do is um, the book, uh, you know, on fat and faith, ending weight stigma in yourself, your sanctuary and society um, is uh, I, I use my um, personal lived experience uh, to uh, illuminate um, the uh, intersections of uh, particularly focusing on and there, are, you know, there are others um and the most deadly and intense <laughs> are, you know, often um, a black, it's a pro-black book. It's a pro-woman uh, femme book. It's a, a pro-fat book. And, um, it, of course, as a child, you know, fat was a horrible uh, uh, curse word. It was, a, a you know... And you know how it usually precedes, like all the other cuss words, uh, curses, and that is, we talked before and about um, that cursing aren't cuss words, but are actually wishing something bad on someone. And, uh, you know, as I say that um, fat now for me means it depends on just as, you know, just as the N word uh, and so forth, it depends on whose mouth comes out of it, uh, you know, uh, that it comes out of and, and in what context, you know, what's the flavor on that fat. And so, of course, as a child uh, with my my parents, my family, um, you know, it's uh, often many people think and even, you know, the internalized racism, uh, um, black folks often think, oh, you know, there's no um, weight stigma, you know, that's just, you know, a, a little thing. No, it's a big thing. And when we talk about intersectionality being all present simultaneously, it's an intensifier. It makes it even worse. Uh, and I just had a, it was an argument. <laughs> it, was, it was a difficult, challenging conversation. It was a fight. <laughs> it was a fight uh, with a friend who, um, uh, you know, she's a, a, a white, uh, thin person, um, and, uh, you know, it's very good in conversation with me, uh, uh, you know, about uh, weight, and she lets me talk about it and does not criticize me for it. And um, she's come to the point where she um, doesn't want to. She says, you know, I don't want to uh, compare. You know, what, uh, what I go through is, you know, just as important 
as well. I don't know if she said important, but the th- the idea though of intersectionality and social justice. You know, I'm a social justice uh, warrior. Um, I just received an uh, award for the, two, the 2023 uh, visionary social change artist. Wow! Uh, you know, congratulations. So, thank That's you. amazing. Thank you. So in social change and social action. It is that, you know, of course we need to have compassion for ourselves and recognize our own pain and in no way minimizing, but in recognizing our social action that other people with other, um, and I talk, talk about visually identifiable because the internal pain, no matter, you know, for instance, um, uh, you know, you're a Greek Orthodox, but there are uh, people who look like you who are African American, right? Um, you know, that's their culture, and then you know, with the one drop uh, rule, but you know, that's their identity and their heritage, because we don't want to go to there about you know, I feel black, and there I am, you know. So um, the uh, and we won't mention that name of the woman no, I'm thinking of, but um, the um, you know, but uh, you know, so you're visually identified, and you know the people who um, who are uh, straight. Um, um, you know who uh, the people who are um, LGBTQA plus, but appear either very masculine as as men or very feminine as women, conventionally attractive, have huge unearned privilege. They're like passing. That term passing, is that right? And even if they aren't trying trying to pass, they are if they don't uh, make sure. And that's often when people say, you know, I often have people who are dismissive and say, well, um, you know, if we talk about colorism, you know, that if your hair isn't straight from the root, if you're, um, you know, if you don't have uh, light colored eyes other than, you know, brown eyes, if you uh, have, you know, a small nose or thin lips, you know, that that makes you less than or, or ugly, that um, they say, oh, well, that means, you know, black folks have are prejudiced against each other. So there's, you know, that's it's just the way of the world. No, it isn't. And um, the uh, and often people who have those unearned privileges, they don't recognize them and reject them when and where they can. They think they are intrinsically good or better. And so um, there's a lot of hostility. And depending on where I am, you know, I grew up in a family where I was the darkest female, which is, you know, again, the sexism and misogynoir. So, you know, the fact that there there was, you know, um, my father was darker skin, that didn't matter because he was the man, you know. And so... Um, uh, you know, and that doesn't affect, you know, um, a man's so-called, you know, handsomeness. Uh, so um, the uh, idea that um, we want to um, reject those privileges because people will ha- often have hostility, right? And people say, well, I was born this way. And I try to get people to people of color, for instance, to, to say, well, what about white folks who say that to you about racism? I was born white. What do you want me to do about it? You know, Scarlett O'Hara, you know, after all, tomorrow is another day. Um, you know, that uh, you need to recognize it and recognize and reject that privilege and do it all the time when others are watching and when they aren't and speak up about it. And that often, once people trust you and see you do that on the regular, um, that often will uh, stop 
um, some of that, you know, uh, hostility or uh, inter some of the interpressed hostility because people are so used to being abused by, you know, folks who look like you who aren't aware of that. So fat. So I talk about one of the first. Uh, well, you know, my mother put me on a diet when I was um, uh, five years old. Uh, and um, in your book, you write about the diet plate. And I was so curious, was that was that different food or just less food than everyone? Both. Uh, all of the above. It was uh, less food and it was the diet uh, version, you know, so. So sometimes I actually want like at a restaurant, you know, not that especially, well, even pre-pandemic, but not that I go to restaurants much. But when when I see the diet plate, you know, sometimes if you go to a really nice restaurant, actually that's like really yummy and what I want. But I just can't ask for the diet plate and then call all that on me. But most of the time, if and then if you go to a, like a really cheap restaurant, the diet plate is awful. And that's the way it was at my uh, um, family uh, house. And also, you know, we had uh, we were basically working class um, and uh, and living in New York, which is, you know, a really expensive city. So working class starts at a much higher rate. Uh, another thing I like to say to people when we're talking about the intersectional uh, intersectionality of race is that uh, they say, you know, oh, well, there's all this fat approval in the black race. Absolutely wrong. You know uh, what there is, um, especially in the Western world, for sure. Right. Uh, and even more so, you know, as the whole world is colonized by Western media, as well as actual guns and boats and, you know, and economic colonization that, you know, uh, even in, um, you know, every uh, city for sure in uh, in Africa that I know of, um, and I don't know them all, but I know a whole lot of them, uh, you know, that um, the, uh, uh, you know, there's weight stigma, fat stigma. And so uh, the diet plate was if uh, people had butter on anything, I got nothing. It was dry. Like if it was butter on toast, I got dry toast, you know, and at one point even I really like, I like the crust. And at one point, you know, you know, there was stuff in the media saying that, oh, the crust has more calories, you know? And so you get less bread when you cut off the crust. <laughs> so, so I guess it is fewer calories, but you know, not to even be able to have the crust. And it was not for, you know, cucumber sandwiches or anything fancy. It was that, you know, oh, you don't calories, right? You don't get to eat that. Yeah. And did your, one thing I wasn't sure about, and then there was a big reveal in the book too. Did your mom eat that way also? Because you oh, do, heck no. Okay. Cause you reveal she was bulimic so she was throwing up so she spoiler would, alert right but there's plenty more there's plenty more reviews say, in the book, there's folks, a lot so. of spoiler <laughs> there's a lot this book oh i was gripped gripped um yeah so she would so you were the only one i was the only one and sometimes well if money was short and especially for um meat and protein my mother might have less of that, um, but, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, and she would pile up, you know, their plates um, first because it was all, it was not buffet, you know, dining. And it was not even, you know, where uh, we didn't grow up. I saw on TV first about putting dishes on the table and people serve themselves. No, no, no. Uh, you know, my mother would prepare, you know, each plate. And th- for me, for my, my brother, my father, there were seconds, but, you know, not for me. And I would be punished if I, you know, asked for it. Can I ask the one scene that just haunted me was when you 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 hear some noise in the bathroom, you go in and you see your mom throwing up and then you proceed to like she explains, oh, well, this is what women do to stay thin. And you ask to be taught how. Right. Right. What a moment. Like how? Oh, I don't even know what question to ask about that. It was just so oh, heartbreaking and poignant. And I could just see the intergenerational trauma just like passing through. Right. One of the intergenerational traumas. <laughs> and um, and it was yet another, um, you know, I, I bless my body uh, because, uh, and I thank her for staying with me, even though, you know, I so, you know, hated her and abused her. Because I was told this is what, you know, this is what's keeping you from being treated with respect and kindness and love. And it be, and because you're bad is the reason, you know, that your body is like this. And so it was yet another um, uh, thing that was wrong with me because, you know, all I ever gave myself was a sore throat, trying to stick my finger down my throat and throw up. Yeah. I have a friend who tried that as well. And she kept like hemorrhaging the veins or whatever in her eyes. And that finally made her stop. But I remember like the violence of, of it, like the violence that we enact on our own bodies because so much violence is enacted upon us by everyone else. You know, it's a way to survive. Um, And, uh, and there's also so much denial about not wanting to uh, denial about um, um, harming ourselves. It's like, no, we're bad. We're just being good now. We're doing what we need to do uh, to be good. That also, you know, there are plenty of, of fat uh, um, people, um, especially women, you know, the men who the groups of men who tend to have higher uh, cases of bulimia that we ever know or find out about are, you know, jockeys because they have to stay so thin and so strong, you know, um, and wrestlers. Wrestlers too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and to a lesser degree, because there are other weight classifications in, you know, uh, boxing and so forth. But uh, if you are a flyweight and you're never going to make midweight, um, you know, to stay at that flyweight, it's not small man weight, it's flyweight, you know, which is not um, right. And it's generalized uh, to, uh, you know, all um all women, you know, um, and so uh, the um, and so the whole idea that uh, you know many um, many black women in particular, because and I and this kind of helps us wind back to uh, you know that um, when I was talking about you know depending on where I am, I'm considered light skin, and then like if my family in other places, I'm dark skinned. Um, that uh, 
the uh, for for black women gen- in general in the U.S. Um, what uh, so it's not that we get a break on on being fat or that fat is praise, but that what is considered fat starts a little bit higher because average weights are a little bit uh, higher. Um, I you know and even I I wrote a chapter in a book uh, called uh, Black Culture. And it's about, you know, um, you know, health at every size or, you know, we can't get Hayes, H-A-E-S is a, you know, a copyrighted um, a trademark term. And so we can't get rid of that now. But what we really would like to say is like, you know, decency, it respect. Right. Dignity at every size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of yeah. thing. So um, rather than, oh, you know, as long as you're healthy and big, then you're okay. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. uh, and that, you know, health is a continuum and it changes for all the vicissitudes of uh, life and all the um, uh, stages of life and, you know, um, uh, indoctrin- indo- not indoctrinations, but in passages you know, of, uh, of life and roles that, um, you know, and, you know, people who, that's the thing that got me is, uh, kind of winding back to, uh, all the things about, um, uh, the word fat is that, uh, you know, all the things people do, like I, it took me a while. It's only in the last maybe 10 uh, years, maybe 15 years, that I realized when people say, like one woman said to me, well, I have to get my health back. And I was like, well, we're on this hike right now and she seems to be doing fine. So I'm like, oh, my God, well, you know, in case I have to administer first aid, what is this health that you don't have back? And she says, oh, you know, oh, because of her weight, it's like, um, you know, Thin people have all, you know, have uh, some thin people have all the same challenges, problems, vulnerabilities, uh, you know, diseases and so forth. You know, it's just not blamed on them. They're just poor, helpless little creatures, you know, if that. uh, And the whole idea of little creatures, you know, oh, that means, you know, that you should be treated with some uh, delicacy, you know, and and people who are mean to you are bad. But if people were bad to the big folks, oh, they can take it. You know, and uh, no, I can't. So, um, you know, so the whole uh, notion and then the sacrifices uh, that are made, for instance, a lot of black women who are uh, bulimic can't get diagnosed. They can't get the help that they need because when they just say, hey, you have to be surely, uh, you know, and that's the thing. Like if people see you exercising, you know, uh, for instance, oh, you know, um, an acquaintance of mine messed up my bike wheel, but you know, I, I love uh, when the weather's not hardly hot where as it is most of the time in Montgomery, Alabama, um, that, uh, you know, I love biking. I think it's as close to flying as I'm ever going to get. Um, and, uh, you know, but periodically, uh, or, uh, you know, just at different times, every time I'm, you know, biking regularly, there are, you know, people harassing me. And one of the um, gentlest kinds of harassing, which is still like a downer when I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to feel fat joy, trying to feel joy for who I am. Right. And uh, is that they say like they'll yell at me. They don't know me. They'll yell at me and they'll say, you know, how much weight have you lost? It's like, you know, this is not the way, you know. And so I, I you know, I have a 
you know, I've worked, I've had this my whole life, so I have some comeback, you know, and uh, the comeback is, you know, I, uh, it's the nearest to flying as I can get, or, you know, it's a gorgeous day uh, to be out. Reorient the conversation. Yeah, or, or I even say, well, you know, and it's not a conversation, it's um, a drive-by. Only I'm the one biking by and they're throwing <laughs> the bullets at, at me. It always amazes me what people think they can say. <laughs> like, Yes, and the thing that a lot of folks, uh, you know, and again about the intersectionality and us understanding. In fact, I even have, um, I have a model called uh, Layers of Unearned Privilege. And, uh, you know, I worked with it for so many years and, um, you know, people may argue about which gets the most points in each category, but I had uh, two models. One was uh, a racing track model I tried because I saw for racism, people were using uh, hurdles, running hurdles, right? Um, and that, you know, trying to say, well, look, if you're, uh, you know, black, you're going to have this big, a big hurdle. And if you're uh, white, and I know there are lots of... Uh, uh, lots of others and five basic, you know, other races, but I'm just using the extremes typically, um, you know, and then it's, you know, visually identifiable, right, is is a whole nother intersectional add-on, um, you know, that uh, you don't even get the idea that, you know, well, I'm taking my identity uh, and I am, you know, fighting back and being proud in it, you know, because you have the choice if you are not visually identifiable, you have the choice uh, uh, to do that um, or otherwise identifiable. Did you know that um, people are 85% or more accurate, U.S. study done, to identify people's race from their voice? Really? Yeah, yeah. That feels very high. It is very high. Um, and so... Uh, you know, and there are certain cues you can uh, use, right? Or at, at least in, in my circles, we'll say like, you know, black talk. You know, this is what I'm really, you know, talking about. Um, and that's also called code switching to be able to, you know, talk in that way. Um, so if you're talking, quote unquote, standard, you know, uh, English, um, you know, the resonance and the sound and the tone and what you emphasize in your pronunciation and enunciation, you know, um, will, gives people cues. And then so much of this is subconscious. And what people need to realize is that, you know, and especially for all the wonderful um, uh, straight-sized, you know, uh, fat allies that are there, and that means an ally to fat people. <laughs> so not a fat person who's fat, who's ally. But, um, you know, that... Uh, even when you don't mean it, it hurts and it's harmful. Um, and uh, just because you do things that you don't, you know, you didn't mean to be hurt. If you keep doing them and just say, oh, that's the way I am, mm -hmm. then that's effed up, you know, and that needs to stop. And that does mean that maybe you're not a great person in my book, just in my book. And not in Sophia's. She's not responsible for my opinions, nor does she get me hear all of them a disclaimer no, i put strong boundaries around people who when i say hey what you're doing is harmful for me and if they say no it's not i say well we have nowhere to go then <laughs> and there's a bound i mean i there's nothing i can do at that point if they're not open you're right there is one that's that's you know when they say no it's not it's completely um lost there's also another one that's uh, really difficult when people say um uh 
oh, that's the way I am, you know, and you're, and they turn it around, you know, you're hurting me because, you know, you're criticizing me and what I am, you know, the way I am. And it's like, uh, you know, some things, you know, like everyone needs their own boundaries and you need to, um, but then admit it, right? It's like if you're, if it's real, you know, if this means that you don't want to deal with racism, if it means that you don't want to deal with sizeism, uh, you know, and with sizeism comes, you know, that food demonization and so forth. Um, then own it, like at least own it. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I'm an MFR, and yeah. that's what I, <laughs> like Popeye. I am what I am. That's what I am. And, uh, and then I can at least respect you. You know, oh, there's this cultural irony, funny um, that says that racism. And this is, you know, there's racism, uh, you know, in the North America, you know, South, East, West, everywhere. Also in Brazil, so many white people in Brazil want to tell me there's no racism in Brazil <laughs> because Brazil had more slaves numbers than the United States, more enslaved people, not slaves, enslaved people. Um, and uh, and also uh, in the U.S., enslaved people, um, you know, uh, black folks were used as currency and it's the u.s enslavement and breeding industry in your book when you said breeding i thought oh shit i don't think i've read it that way before and that it just i mean this is a very privileged thing i'm about to say but like that felt like it was just out of a movie like that can't be real and it is and, and it yeah and the sad thing is is that None of the movies I've seen, and I've seen a whole lot of movies that, you know, completely the fictional crazy ones, uh, and even the ones that are supposed to be documentary, they don't focus on the breeding, you know, of, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that damages men and it damages women even more, you know, because they, like they say, you know, you only need uh, one rooster in the hen house, you know, to uh, impregnate the uh the hands, um, you know, so, um, uh, and the sexual imposition on black women. And that's another thing with, uh, today contemporary, uh, with fat women and intersectionally, it's worse for black and brown, uh, and red women that the whole notion of, uh, when they say, you know, people confuse rape with, um, uh, sex and, uh, you know, conventional attractiveness and value and so forth. And so, you know, people say, well, you know, um, you know, don't nobody want to rape you, you know, because, oh, because you're fat. And so when, when, uh, when fat women of any color, uh, come up and, you know, and say, you know, I was raped, they'll say, oh, no, you weren't because, you know, you could have fought him off. You were, or, oh, and God don't let, let it say, you know, about a man who was, uh, smaller than you, you know, who may have raped you. Um, and so, uh, you know, there was, there's this, I've also worked in, um, uh, sexual assault as a peer counselor in sexual assault um, and, you know, uh, as a, a survivor uh, uh, too. And, um, you know, that there there's a, a judge, he's dead now, yay! Um, there was a, a judge who uh, he decided to demonstrate uh, saying that, you know, there was that uh, there was no such thing as rape. There's always, you know, consent that a woman can, you know, stop a man. And he he turned a bottle, he spun a bottle on his uh, desk and said uh, and acted as though he was trying to put a pencil in the spinning bottle and said, see, that was his demonstration of how, um, you know, 
a woman cannot be raped, you know. That is disgusting. Also in, um, you know, looking at the intersection in uh, African-American communities, uh, that there is huge sexism and misogynoir in the black community. And because black women are seen as service creatures, uh, that, um, you know, uh, uh, in the black, uh, typical black church, for instance, you know, there are, um, uh, uh, you know, well, because there are black women there, there are more higher weight women there because we just are, tend to be, you know, higher weight and, um, for no uh, punitive or derogatory uh, reason or action, you know, uh, of our own. One of the things is about the breeding us, the women who lived through, could actually live through being bred and worked uh, as, you know, many, um, much research, you know, shows as hard as a man, even while, uh, you know, pregnant. And people say, you know, that doesn't make sense because uh, we were we were being bred as um uh animals of labor and service and not not prized animals not as uh you know race horses who you may pamper and braid their hair and you know make sure you have the vet when they foul and so forth but just as like um you know uh ants or the way on a on a a mass uh hog farm, you know, that's a matter of numbers, you know, use. So there was no, it's not like, you know, oh, we'll take it easy on uh, Lucy um, because she's pregnant. You know, we want to, and this will mean more wealth for us. So we want to make sure she has a good pregnancy. It's just like, you know, no, just impregnate as many as you can. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, mass farming where there's no care even for the individual uh, animal, you know, service uh, animal, um, but just to, uh, the matter of numbers in the same way for instance drug companies uh you know if if the drug only kills a certain number of people they'll just settle out of court not change anything yeah and if those people are brown people you know um uh, and uh you know and much less brown fat people but you know that there's no um uh we're not taken to be telling the truth uh and so um uh, maybe this is a good uh, time to change, to not change, but to move in for a little while about um, uh, weight stigma and the way fat is treated in uh, sanctuaries and sacred spaces and religion. That um, one thing in Protestantism, it's the Protestant work ethic, um, you know, and uh, in uh, Christianity, um, there is the notion of, uh, uh, you know, gluttony is one of the seven mm-hmm. deadly sins. And the notion, you know, and this is one of the things that Hayes and Asda, uh, you know, are uh, still are championing, working on. And NAFA too, but NAFA has some other, you know, um, platforms ahead of that, that um, most fat people, you know, big animals has, you know, I also stop people and try to intervene when people are weight stigmatizing animals um, because, uh, and you know, I am a uh, humane society volunteer and I often have to stop those folks uh, too. And, uh, you know, or there's certain uh, groups, you know, and, and of course I had hoped to meet allies and, you know, other people who love pets and, and I have, however, that weight stigma among the humans is still horrible. Like towards the animals? 
uh, towards humans and towards the animals. You know, like they, um, one person, for instance, on our um, volunteer uh, uh, um, group uh, online, um, they put, you know, sometimes we post uh, comics or things that are funny or jokes or little videos, you know, that give us strength to go on and do this hard work because it is, you know, hard work. Uh, and so uh, physically and emotionally. And, um, uh, you know, they'll, uh, someone put, there's one of a, a, a fat woman who um, has a chihuahua um, wedged in her behind who looks like a uh, the animal has been run over. It's obviously hurt. You know, it's supposed to be ha ha funny. Like she sat on it and it's now stuck in her butt. I mean, but she's putting on a post board, a uh, lost pet, you know, a lost dog. And so they put that on there. And I had just adopted uh, a, a small dog, a chihuahua, just like the uh, thing from the Humane Society, that Humane Society. And the woman who posted it had taken the picture, the picture that we put up whenever uh, um, anyone adopts one of the animals. We put it on the website, you know, and especially when it's one of our own, you know, the volunteers, we put it there too. And yay, even if you've got like way too many dogs and cats already, you know, <laughs> yay, you've got one. We know you'll take care of them and so take care of them right, you know, not just adequate, but will really be a loving home for them. And I said, you know, you know, stop doing, and it was not the first time that that comic, that same exact comic had been used. And I said, please, you know, I said, so I just, you know, uh, adopted, you know, uh, this dog and you know it. They probably didn't even put it together in their minds, though. They don't, they don't see it. One of the things I say in the book, too, is that, um, and the part you might not have gotten to yet, um, is about how to apologize. And to really move toward um, grace, you know. Uh, and so uh, one of the things you have to do is that, you you know, rather than to say, oh, um, I didn't mean to and let it stop there, you know, that means I should be, you know, done. So uh, and I know it's hard, you know, because I've had to do it. Right. <laughs> but um, the. Uh, you know, there was no, so I did, and I, so on that comic, I copied the, um, the volunteer director as well as the, uh, um, operations director, uh, who are, you know, members of that group, and I said, you know, uh, please won't someone take this down. So they took it down, and the next time I saw the woman who put it up, she was acting kind of sheepish, but she didn't just say, oh, EK, I'm so sorry. You know, now I realize I was blonde, but now I see you know? <laughs> none of that, you know, um, which really helps heal. You know, just pushing it down and not saying anything about it. That only makes it fester. I think it's because we we're we're terrible at being uncomfortable as humans. You know, like there she probably felt shame and guilt and then awkwardness and we're just we're not good at making messes and then repairing right oh we're very good at making <laughs> yeah that's sorry that's what i meant yeah we make a lot of messes but we're not good at repairing we, we're like not good at cleaning it up and yeah in my coaching practice i talk about this so often with clients everyone from like you know job seekers to leaders and this whole idea of like how do we how do we have the hard conversation how do we have the fight and then repair after and it's I, th I just I really believe if we could do that better, I feel like so much of the world would be a little more harmonious. Just oh, ashe, amen, aho, you know, um, 
Yeah, and that I I do talk a little bit about that uh, in the book. And um, the problem that I found is is that I, uh, in attempting to do that work, and even you know, uh, and in the workplace, uh, I also found that I had to stop doing that in the workplace because, especially as a um, intersectionally disprivileged person, that uh, instead of other people taking well, first of all, other people weren't doing the same process, right? No, it's true. <laughs> owning. Yeah. You can't be the only one making messes and owning yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and then if you have many, uh, you know, I think that it, it would, depending on the environment, well, uh, let me change that. I was getting ready to say that maybe, you know, uh, straight, uh, white, thin, you know, um, thin muscled, uh, uh, white men, blonde eyed, blue haired, blue haired, blue, <laughs> blue eyed, blonde mm-hmm. <laughs> white men, uh, may, um, you know, have, uh, eventually if they, d- I think eventually because of their power, if they eventually did that, if they were willing to take those risks, um, uh, and this is kind of what social action is for, uh, and social justice for allies. If you are willing to continue to take the risk to reject your privilege or that folks might not folks who know you might not give you the privilege that you are used to having as just on the regular, you know, that you think is just normal life uh, for folks. And it ain't for the rest of us um, that uh, that is a, a even more powerful way to change because I found that it was used to demonize me and say, see, you know, she's black, she's fat. She has a PhD that, you know, she got that, you know, uh, somebody gave that to her. She didn't earn it, you know, versus it was harder for her to do everything she had to do, you know, to earn that. Um, and that, so it just allows them, uh, you know, people who are, are weak on the moral front, uh, you know, it allows them to, uh, uh, instead of saying, you know, let me model when I mess up to, you know, take responsibility, say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Uh, and I know, and, and this is what I think was the harm that I caused. And this is what I'm going to do in the future to not do that, you know, and to carry through, you know, and to say, I, and I tell people, I remind them to do it nicely, you know, but <laughs> when I, you know, if I mess up, cause you know, habits, depending on how ingrained they are, they're really hard, you know, to, uh, change that if I mess up and I don't catch myself again, uh, please very gently, you know, uh, and especially at first, very gently, you know, say, hey, remember you're going to, um, you know, that's one of the things you're going to work on and or, or try not to do, you know, or uh, make the effort. So um, it's so worthy. It's so worthwhile to do that work. And I, it's very interesting. I'll say I, I have a corporate background. I've worked at startups. I've worked in academia. And I right now I'm so lucky to work in an organization. It's a creative writing studio where the founder and all 10 of us, it's a 10, there are 10 of us, um, half BIPOC, which I, we're really proud about, um, very intentionally, um, ha, has we... And we trained on this. We, we met with anti-oppression educators to teach us how to mess up, how to be in conflict, how to sit with discomfort, both individually and with each other. And we're not perfect, but there's this commitment to doing that and holding that grace for each other and supporting each other through the mess. So, I mean, I've, I'm very lucky. I think it's pretty rare <laughs> that I'm actually in a place where 
I've worked in an actual workplace where I've seen this happen and it's magical. Yeah. So I just, I, you know, I, it's worth doing. It's worth attempting. I'm curious, Dr. E.K., how did this, this work translate into the faith spaces? Like what brought you into those spaces? Um, yeah, there, um, from the, uh, beginning pretty much because I went to a, a Catholic, um, I, I got a, a scholarship um, with, that I'm, you know, grateful for, uh, at, for preschool, a Catholic preschool, because, you know, I was in Brooklyn in a, a poor area, um, not the worst of the poor, but, you know, <laughs> working class, edging on pole um, area that I, you know, as my mother uh, said, I would have gotten my ass beat uh, every day and probably uh, would have. Um, and so, um, not that I wasn't treated horribly in other ways, you know, <laughs> there's the t-shirt they have, I survived Catholic uh, school. Yeah. And I was like, I need, you know, I want to get one of those. Um, and I, you know, when I graduated in eighth grade from Catholic school, I said, you know, that was my biggest test of faith was to, and I was still, you know, a straight uh, Christian in that, at that point, um, you know, uh, with a capital C um, that, you know, that was my biggest test of faith, uh, you know, other than my family, which I didn't know at that point, you know, because all the abuse had been so normalized. So it was easy to begin in, you know, in the Catholic school and uh, when um, educational standards at some point, you know, uh, and, you know, we beat them back. They come back like, you know, weigh the kids, uh, you know, put them on weight loss diets, you know, uh, uh you know, get them down to size, you know, or even, you know, uh, put the parents uh, in prison or penalize the parents, you know, uh, somehow if, they, if your kids are fat or we won't let them come to school if, you know, they're so fat. And uh, um, so uh, it, there was, you know, of course, uh, teasing. My uh, parents were always, you know, um, viciously weight stigmatizing and my bro brother uh, too everyone in the family because, you know, they followed their lead and it was, you know, a horrible thing to be. Uh, and that men were allowed, especially if they played football and, you know, um, they say in the South, you know, Oh my God, you know, football is so big. I mean, it's big everywhere, but Oh my goddess, it is so big that, uh, one black comedian said, uh, he said on stage that, um, uh, football is next to Jesus, you know, Jesus is here and, you know, in the Bible about right then and football right up there next to Jesus. And, you know, the, you know, it gets me that, it, um, it, you know, the, the prayers, the prayers I've heard and seen televised that teams do before uh, the game, they're asking to win. They're not saying, let us all be safe, especially in football. They ought to be praying for everybody not to die, you know, uh, or be be put on the closer to death, one step closer to death, you know, or in injured, you know, and, um, you know, into, you know, enjoy the game, but it's, you know, uh, let us win and, you know, cut and, uh, um, be convicted over our enemies. And it's like, these aren't enemies, you know, they're people <laughs> who, you know, are playing their team for their team. 
So anyway, unless, you know, men who play, uh, well, men who play football, particularly black men who pay, play football, black and brown men, as the, uh, uh, the guy who was the um, uh, award-winning famous author of The Growing Tree, uh, and, um, or Tree Grows in Brooklyn, um, he, uh, yeah, Tree Grows in Brooklyn, I think, uh, he, um, he said that, you know, that sports – uh, make uh, honorary white men of, uh, you know, uh, football players. So there's, uh, you know, so so men, you know, and the women's sports, you know, are gymnastics and even, you know, and, uh, you know, and ballet and where there's all the, you know, Alvin Ailey dancers and the black uh, uh, um, ballet troops are done because, you know, because most of our muscular, even if we are one of those few people who can, by all the torturous means, you know, be that thin, still have bigger buttocks, you know, and, and bigger thighs, you know, that's seen as, you know, oh, that's uh, fat, you know. Um, so uh, so it was always an issue uh, in the Catholic school uh, that I was at. Um, and I used to, you know, oh, God, well, I always, I created from the very beginning, which, you know, I think was a, a, a spiritual uh, subconscious memory to help me was is so I created altars you know uh, in my uh, room and I you know I have wherever I've gone and I I met a, a woman who was a, a great um, healer um, uh, for people who are survivors of sexual assault at one point uh, in um, California and she's the one that gave me the nerve she modeled I noticed oh my god she's got an altar in her office you know, and so, uh, you know, that, uh, that, you know, to sanctify your workspace too. And even, and I talk about in the book, you know, how to do it in a drawer. If you're lucky enough to even have a drawer that mine is right there. That's my altar. Ah, yeah. Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> Ooh, I want to see it. And I know all my stones. I have a little mini one right in front of me. I've got my chakra stones. Beautiful. Yeah, that's wonderful. I think there's something about the physicality and the ritual that can be deeply supportive. And I've worked more than once, you know, in horribly hostile, abusive workplaces, and to have something like that, you know, because you're forced you know, for earning a living to, you know, be there and deal with this horrible treatment, um, you know, that it helps, uh, you know, to have that uh, nearby, it strengthens your spirit, you know, to endure. Um, so that was part. And then I noticed, you know, so spirit has always been very much, I, I know that it helped me survive my childhood. And I had some psychic uh, um, experiences. You mentioned that in the book. That's fascinating. Do you still, is that, is that kind of what you that's my center um because i am uh still uh, you know the blessing and the curse of the um uh of being in so many intersections and aware of them and uh uh looking to create a new society you know a new and better way of, of doing things that um you know, when I go to uh, black churches, they are extraordinarily patriarchal. They are, you know, um, even in I was in uh, when I lived in Denver, I was in a new age black church because I was going to talk about, you know, the Christian black churches are going to have the work ethic. And, uh, you know, and when you see pictures of, uh, um, you know, when you see pictures of the uh, Jesus, he's rarely 
he's never a fat guy, you know. And, oh, he's pretty gaunt. Yeah, and there's a laughing Buddha, right? But it's laughing Buddha who is, you know, big and fat and jolly. And I see, you know, it drives me crazy. They won't even let the fat Buddha be the fat Buddha that, you know, who is not a god, right? You know, he's a teacher and a, and a model. But they won't even let the teacher be, you know, a fat uh, uh, guy who is a. Uh, laughing and happy they say um uh that that you know the buddha was actually very thin you know because there's also the thin uh you know buddhas and that the buddha was actually very thin and this is just that's just uh you know just like um in the you know violence and and african-americans and maybe i shouldn't say just like but in a similar fashion that uh you know when a black person is uh violent well that's the way they are and they need to be punished and they're just bestial and you know it's just in them whereas when when a white person is violent they are treated with great you know compassion and something must have made them do it it's not their fault yeah yes yes and nobody wants to hear about what made the black person you know uh go through all that because you know when you talk about the systematic racism then you have to say oh well i'm privileged in that sense so i'm part uh unless i work on rejecting it and changing it and none of us are perfect but work on it consistently then i'm part of the problem you know even though you know even though i'm not the you know like a lot of uh allies you know feel uncomfortable with the term uh white supremacy but you know that's not just um that's not not just in fact it's a, a small it's a small number and that's what people want to say oh it's just the small crazies you know we're not out there you know shaving our heads and you know w w waving our swastikas and so forth it's the consciousness that yes. what is white or appears white or closest to white is better smarter more beautiful you know so anytime we can uh, change that narrative you know and um uh even in uh, you know uh, art and uh physical uh beauty that we you know look for and create and <laughs> um in a th third grade art class i was thrown out of an art class and my work wasn't initially shown because in a color in a substitute a teacher a color in jesus you know and i made the face rounder you know mm -hmm. so fatter and i colored it brown um, now when I, uh, I don't do it as much as I used to, uh, anymore because of some other difficulties, but when I, um, uh, am an auntie to children because they're not paying me, so it's not babysitting, <laughs> though they're using me like that, right? And that's why I don't do it as much anymore. But, um, you know, when I'm an auntie to children, if we do any coloring, you know, if I get them to color the people brown, I'm like, my job here is done. And especially finally with one, um, and it was a an East Indian little girl who was one of the you know and again it's you know the whole idea of color that is much worse for a woman you know a female to be uh you know darker skinned uh and she said she was asking me she said um uh auntie I need the brown crayon I need the brown crayon I have to color in her face and I was like mic drop nice I am done here yes <laughs> I may go my life I don't have to do anything else for the rest of my life I have done and this same wonderful wonderful young woman um she went to the um a medicalized uh nor northern Alabama University of Alabama um uh, Birmingham might as well just say it uh campus and I did the first and as far as I know the last so far a session on uh fat acceptance and it was 
versus bad approval because you know on a medicalized campus that was really big um and my i was so thrilled that she this same little girl she was no longer a little girl she's young adult uh you know came to that session um and she listened and was respectful uh however then later she said um well, I'm having some anxiety, uh, and so you, everyone has their thing. See, so I have anxiety, and then, you know, fat people are fat. It's like, fat people have anxiety, too, more so than your thin behind, you know. Yeah, yeah. Your thin sorority behind, you know, so. Um, well, and how does all this come into some of the newer age religions and, like, the culture? I mean, when I think about yoga, there's been such an... Um, increase in awareness of how yoga is quite culturally appropriative. And I've seen some yoga studio owners really addressing that and calling out the, the other problematic aspects. So like, what are you seeing there? That's so wonderful. Um, I'm so glad to see that. Uh, and, you know, I'm blooming where I am uh, planted, uh, which Montgomery, Alabama, and so there's very few, um, you know, there have been very few yoga spaces, and most of them have, uh, you know, I don't, I couldn't speak to how quickly they may go out of business in um, larger uh, metropolitan areas, but certainly here, they go out of business pretty quickly because they have trouble maintaining, um, and so I haven't seen a whole lot of that, and when it's done, it's still um, I, you know, like, uh, belly dancing, you know, I'm, uh, I've been a professional belly dancer and, you know, so many, you know, people, um, even, you know, recently in this, you know, one teacher, uh, in Montgomery, um, who's gone out of business, um, that she, uh, and I think that was pre pandemic, but, you know, she had one, um, super size. I don't know if she was, maybe past supersized to InfiniFat. I don't know how, you know, she wouldn't identify with both of those. But, you know, it's such a big thing that, and also I believe as a non-medical person the uh, or, or you know, therapist, she appeared to be anorexic. Uh, she was bone thin and always trying to be, you know, that, you know, uh, healthy, um, microbiotic, uh, uh you know, all these different kinds of eating programs for health are almost always for most people, you know, people who aren't uh, diagnosed with, you know, gluten sensitivity or really, you know, it's just another way to diet and be good, but then say, oh, no, I don't believe in weight loss, but I believe in health, you know, and that, and really, so it's subconscious. So what I see, you know, in the, um, what I like in, uh, you know, some yoga spaces, which is, I've only been able to get them in, um, in, uh, select books because most of them, they're saying, you know, well, if you're fat and you have a bad body, right? Until you lose weight, which is the trouble with, you know, I, I do, uh, as a peer counselor and for myself personally, I do e EFT, uh, religiously, as people say. What is EFT? EFT is emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. One of the links you'll give folks is in this, right? Isn't there one here? Yeah, it tells about the tapping points. And I plan to do more fat positive because almost all of them are into um, weight loss, you know, and even the ones that claim to be body image are really anti fat. Yes. You know, uh, they're really, they're really for, you know, thin people who are passing, you know, they, uh, 
for what what thin people call not not thin. You know, it's like they're not a size three, but they're a size five, six, seven, eight, you know, um, or, oh, my God, a size 12. <laughs> <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Not, uh, and as I do that, you know, I was one of those people because I saw no other option. And when I, you know, and still I'm daring to be a different option and catching a lot of crap for it. But, you know, if I'm going to catch crap anyway, I might as well be <laughs> speaking my truth, you know, and trying to lead people to a a different, better consciousness. So what I have not, so what I see is that, uh, you know, and people say, you know, things are developing. No, people are sacrificing and paying the price uh, to make it change. You know, power does not concede power willingly. And so things do not just get better. There are people we don't know about who are sacrificing, working, being driven crazy and to the poor house and to poor health, you know, and to, to the grave trying to fight against these things. And then when it moves a little bit, we say, oh, see, evolution. No, 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 no. It's revolution, okay? It's the result of revolutionary actions. So I, I it, you know, and there's a there's a wonderful, um, well, broad-ranged, um, uh, you know, there are several uh, online, um, uh, um, you know, new age, with the shift of consciousness even, you know, that I talk about and the shift of the earth and, you know, ascension and so forth, all of them are freaking so weight stigmatizing. Uh, so I haven't, when I see it in yoga, it's like, you know, oh, well, you're not thin enough to do the real uh, asana, you know, so I'll do this, you know, this primary uh, this, you know, silver, gray, you know, because ageism is a big thing, too. So now they have like silver and gold. You know, if you're not good enough or strong enough to do the real thing, here's this little we'll put you in, um, you know, and all honor and praise to the good that special education does and remedial education does. But we'll put you in the remedial class because of the way your body uh, is, not because you haven't learned. You know, so they act as though, you know, once you learn these tools, and that's the thing, too, about the others is like, you know, if they if they are not, uh, as far as, you know, like white s supremacy waving the flags, it's still all invested uh, in them about, well, you're fat now, but once you start doing the right things, you know, exercising and eating right, then you will be thin and you will be able to. And instead of saying, hey, it's a mechanical thing, you have flesh here, wonderful, living, beautiful flesh, not, oh, if we could cut that off, you would be good. You would be sexy. You'd be attractive. You have body here. You know, it's just like we should say that it's just like, you know, people, if they have muscle on their uh, bicep, right, if they have a big bicep and without the compensating big uh, lower arm, right, so not that they're fat, they have this, uh, you know, less layers of fat on their muscles that – um uh, you know, so you can't do a certain position because you have that big old muscle right there. And, you know, muscle, oh, that's so smart. That's good. You know, that's great. <laughs> that means you're a good person if you got muscle. But what I know is that they mean you got muscle because when I have done frenzied, unhealthy amounts of exercise, um, I muscle up too and I muscle up under the fat, right? The fat doesn't go away. I muscle up under the fat and I'm actually, you know, bigger than. But people say, you know, well, if you keep that up, you know, because uh, supposedly, you know, muscle is supposed to metabolize or use um, calories more um, effectively or easily. But the way my body's built, you just can't do enough and live and pay the rent and be a human being, you know, in, in addition to that. 
if it's even possible if you forego those, those things, you know. So we should say, you know, uh, so this is, if your body has this configuration, then this is the way you need to do the asana so that it is good for, you know, has a, 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 the same goal spiritually, energetically, you know, um, to be there. So I have not uh, so far... Uh, you know, so there, there. Some people have made big strides and big change and sacrificed so much that there's a little change. And if you look really hard for it, you can find it. But what I have found in the in the tapping, as well as you know, people say body image, and there'll be a couple of you know good things, you know, uh, and then suddenly the weight stigma will like hit me when I'm in a very vulnerable meditative, you know, because uh, they call them tapping meditation meditations, you know, often, um, you know, so you'll be in that altered consciousness state, you get, you work to get there, right? Uh, and, you know, so that you can change wiring of your braining, and then they're reinforcing, you know, the weight stigma uh, again. So, um, so that's why I'm going to do some fat positive, and, and I understand, you know, like uh, uh, Marilyn Wan, who wrote, uh, you know, a fat, so, um, you know, that uh, the she's very much, um, you know, uh, I saw she was very critical of the word fat acceptance. And I understand in certain, you know, that in order to keep your job or whatever, that you're already doing something dangerous, you know, so we might use some of these terms. But, you know, acceptance, just like teaching tolerance, the Southern Poverty Law Center here does this thing for education on racism and it's teaching tolerance. And, and even when I apply for a job with them, I still hated the thing, teaching tolerance. Like, I am so good and I will tolerate you. Yeah, I don't like that word. You know, and it's better than vicious hatred, but... Very much. So, you know, so I'm so I'm working on one of the things I'm doing in, in the future is more fat, positive uh, tapping scripts for po folks and teaching folks how to identify uh, fat stigmatizing um, folks. Uh, and um, just to circle back, uh, and there's a lot in between, but they can read some of it uh, in my book, but uh, coming to fat positivity myself, you know, because even as uh, I found that uh, even in goddess worshiping circles, which are so still so reviled and, you know, treated poorly and demon literally demonized, you know, when the idea of Satan and the devil is is a, a Christian concept, not a Wiccan, uh, you know, um, earth religion uh, concept, um, you know, so the literal demonizing of uh, the those things still fine. You know, if you look at uh, books for, uh, you know, Wiccans and witches and earth religion folks, they're still trying to tell you, you know, here's a spell to lose weight. Oh, I know <gasps> why, you know, um, and you go to, if you go to a circle and you're supposed to bring food, you know, there's all kind of food restrictions or if people eat, um, you know, if something, uh, that does have, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, higher sugar or higher fat or, you know, has yummy life preserving uh, energy and carbs and, uh, and things in it that, uh, people will uh, demonize themselves and therefore us, the rest of us who are eating it. You know, I'm being so bad, but I even have to, you know, I constantly say it at, to folks, you know, I'm good no matter what I eat. You know, it's one of my little ways that I don't have to go through the whole spiel and get them all frightened, you know, um, uh, so that even when, you know, you're having a feast, you know, which is supposed to be the joyful thing and, you know, that's uh, 
you know, the whole idea, which I didn't get from childhood, but the whole idea is that, um, and in in tapping in, in EFT, there's um, the uh, overcoming psychological reversal. And one of the phrases we say is, even though, you know, X, I deeply and completely love myself. And so, you know, even though I'm fat, I deserve to eat. Yeah. Even though I'm fat, I need food. Even though I'm fat, you know, um, I deserve love and care and respect and uh, safe, sensuous sex and uh, loving sex. And, uh, you know, that just, you know, because there's the whole idea about you just eat too much. So that, you know, that's not true. And that fat animals, we talked about stigmatizing of fat animals. And, you know, oh, you whale, you know, and whales are wonderful. But I, too, my I, on a dating app, you know, which is, oh, God, racism and, and sizeism is so nasty, you know. But it's one of the few, you know, since people not, don't tend to have house parties anymore or, you know, uh, and fat folks can't get into the debutante, you know, <laughs> and the few that are left, like maybe in the South here where I am, um, you know, that uh, the social venues, you know, for um, meeting matches and getting companionship, even for straight people, you know, much less, well, um, you know, I, I should speak with others on that for the, the things that are not my circle of expertise. Is that what you were saying? <laughs> um, my strong circles. Yeah. So, um, uh, the whole notion, um, that, uh, we should be, um, happy, uh, to, um, you know, have anything, uh, done for us or, or, or with us, you know, um, or to be considered good. And other people say, like, you know, then, you know, in religious circles, uh, particularly, people say, well, the body, there's a demonization of the body, period, right? That you're supposed to be this soul, and this is where evil and temptation and so forth are. And we're going to be, and, and everything, like, even in the tapping meditations that I say, you know, are not fat positive, they'll talk about anything that's bad, they'll talk about it being dark, which is racist, right? Unless you're talking about actual light or lack of, light as in illumination, not spiritual illumination or goodness, right? Um, and they talk about it being heavy. You know, anything that is earthbound, which is, you know, a woman is, you know, that's a symbol of, you know, the woman is the mother earth, right? That, um, it, and in one divinization system that I was with a group of people and they said, oh, you're earth. And I'm like, oh, you know, that means that everybody's going to rape me, use me, uh, you know, and not respect me and give to me and nourish me and to do, say, you know, oh, you are the, you know, and the mammy that black women are, you know, stereotyped uh, are is uh, not the mother that we will um, give to and serve because she gave us life and everything, not the one that we will respect and make things easier for. Right. But it's the one who will always keep giving till she dies, like the giving tree, you know, in that that child story or allegory. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you for those. I don't know. Would you call them affirmations? I love the sayings that you were saying, like, even though and the, and then you were for people listening. I use affirmations for those. They're called uh, I think they're called statements um, because you're tapping on acupressure and acupuncture points that are supposed to help them uh, go deeper, as I say, literally tap into. And so the one on the side of the hand, not only is that the one that is for psychological reversal, it's like, you know, oh, you don't really believe it yet. Or, you know, like so much of my life is that they say, you know, like also new age is about uh, um, 
everything is personal responsibility. It's all your fault, right? I know. That's one of my biggest frustrations is that this systemic level is not held held to account of in any way that we somehow can do everything, create everything. Like the individualism of it is, I think, very well designed to keep us from looking at the systemic level of abuse and of violence. Part of a white supremacist, patriarchal, capitalistic uh, system. And, uh, you know, and that you can um, buy your way out of anything, you know, and, uh, and that you can, you know, and so any failure, because that's how you can get, uh, you know, billions of dollars, people spending billions of dollars again and again. If you say, well, uh, it, it, you don't say, hey, the whole idea of weight loss dieting is not physically possible. You know, the New Agers will say, you know, and even, you know, Christians and uh, I've heard Jewish people say it, you know, and uh and Hindu people say it, and, you know, that, that, you know, if you were godly enough, right, because everything is possible with God. So what I have come to and what, at least as, um, you know, as a multi-religious uh, uh, minister, um, including, you know, our, our earth-based religions, uh, allows me to do and, and solves the cognitive dissonance, you know, for me, is that... Um, in third dimension, you know, in physical being, and I believe also in fourth and fifth dimension, maybe the dimensions above there, <laughs> it's a little different, you know. And and I know that part of ascension is um, getting to the vibrational point where physically, vibrationally, uh, but we become different creatures. We're no longer flesh and blood. We no longer, you know, the physiology won't work the way it works now where, you know, uh, weight loss is, uh, weight gain is very complicated. It's not one cause. And just like um, uh, diabetes and some diseases, you have to have a genetic predisposition for it. And like, you know, pollution is one of the things, you know, and who are the more polluted people, uh, places, well, poor people. And even with all those things done, for instance, what I like to talk about is the twin, the long-term twin studies. Of course, they're so expensive and hard to do, so there aren't a whole lot of them. But one of the things that hasn't, you know, they haven't paid much attention to, but is in the twin studies when, and that's when they take, they get uh, twins and they follow them over uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes 50 years if they can, right? And they look at what are the change. Oh, and then that they have been adopted, um, you know, so that they, they did right, not grow separately. up. So- yeah, so it's not physical, actual, they have all, no matter what, like, you know, some may have been in exercise, you know, do a lot of exercise. Others are, are I hate couch potatoes. There's got to be a better. Uh, <laughs> They're less athletically inclined. <laughs> and then we still have such praise for athleticism, you know, and there, there's all kinds of athleticisms. So anyway, we'll skip that. <laughs> so, um, The, uh, you know, that the fat, that there'll be fatter ones because. You know, no matter what you do, there's going to be a variance of size that is natural and fine. And if you do not fit the conventionally uh, conventionally attractive uh, variables, uh, you should not be forced uh, to uh, treat yourself inhumanely in order to try to get there. Yeah, that's the violence piece. Yeah. So I want to bring us to the final question, which is about joy. How do you stay connected to joy, Dr. E.K.? So joy, because uh, the more in, 
oppressed intersectional identities that you have, uh, the more difficult it is uh, to have joy. And again, in, in New Age in particular, because the one thing that can be helpful in uh, Christianity and in at least the practice of uh, Judaism uh, in many of the communities or synagogues that I have uh, seen and visited with is that um, there's the idea of uh, uh, life is hard, you know, and you're only going to have joy when you get to heaven, you know, and uh, the suffering. We must suffer. You know, so with and the new age idea that if you're suffering, it's because you're doing something wrong, because you're just supposed to be happy all the time. Um, and so um, the uh, so what brings me joy? One thing is that um, I'm constantly in prayer. Um, what I love is something about uh, and I love all dogs. I can just what I have what I um, have to um, with the cards I was dealt in life, it's easy for me to handle and care for uh, smaller uh, animals. And my north node is in uh, uh, my south node. North there's one of my moon nodes is in Virgo, and so that's supposed to make joy. Oh, that's a good thing for the people interested in astrology. There's a kind of astrology that talks about where is your. I think the north node is the challenge, and the south node is supposed to be what brings you joy. Forgive me, oh, people who are better in astrology or present with that knowledge base at this moment. And we've been to so many good knowledge bases. Um, <laughs> files are roving. Um, so um, the, uh, you know, the whole idea about, so this, in astrology, you can look like, what are the things that astrologically are supposed to give me joy? Um, and you can, uh, you know, and depending on how intersectionally oppressed you are, uh, money has a whole lot to do with it, money and time. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, then I, one of my sayings, uh, which, uh, you know, is that too much of a good thing is not a good thing. So, you know, when people say, oh, well, you know, and I haven't asked you about your parents, but, oh, you single, no kids, you got time to take that bath. You got time. It's like, yeah, also, and I know there are a lot of bad husbands and wives and, you know, mothers and fathers and so forth. But if you got nobody to do nothing for you, none of the time, you know, unless you can pay them to do it, you know, and they still might not do it or do it well then, um, you know, and I guess that's true with <laughs> spouses and families too. But, um, you know, that you do have to do everything, you know, uh, for yourself. So you don't always, you know, have the, we don't have limitless time either. And sometimes, uh, we are, let me just say, just as strapped for time rather than saying even more, you know, just as uh, strapped for time. So um, I remind myself and I, I'm, I work very hard and I have been blessed and fortunate to be able to, you know, uh, afford because it takes money and time to care for pets. Um, and so I love the way, um, and I have a cat too, I love the way they move. And, um, you know, and who the hell cares if they just want food or something in the morning when I'm getting my morning morning kisses? Oh, I am the and, you know, it takes a lot of uh, also you need to know how to handle pets and it's a discipline and it can be messy and it's more work. Uh, so don't run out and get a pet if you're not willing to it's do true. All that. Very if true. You are so inclined, you know, and then like once in a while, my dog will kiss my butt. Right. And when she does that, I say, oh, I say, oh, thank you. Uh, 
you know, goddess, may more people kiss my ass, you know. <laughs> it's really, even though it's supposed to be a nasty thing, like, oh, it's a diminutive thing, like, I don't care about you. Really, kissing someone's ass is such a lovely, tender thing <laughs> to do. If you do it with honor, you know, and trying to give the person pleasure, it's a wonderful thing. So more people and things, trustworthy people and things that I want to kiss my ass should actually kiss my ass. And, um, and that would bring you all the joy. <laughs> Yes, yes, so that brings me joy. And I love, there's something about, you know, especially, well, I get any animal, but for me, the little animals, when they're like, they kind of jump and then she kind of like, it's like a tiny little horse, you know, because I love, I don't bet on the races because I can't stand to have my hard-earned money go that fast, you know, if you lose. But, oh, my God, do I love to see horses run, you know. I also do a meditation uh, every morning. Um that has come over many years of development. I use a, um, I, I use a sacred acoustics. It, it's one of the binaural ones and I use earth, uh, earth and ohm, uh, you know, to uh, primordial, primordial creative mother and mother earth, uh, to, uh, help support me, uh, physically and give me that sense of, you know, because, uh, for me and many people who have traumatized, extra traumatized histories because after the pandemic, everyone pretty much. But remember, it's not as bad as the people who are already traumatized, but it's bad. So, um, you know, uh, for people who trauma to feel safe. And, and then even though I know, you know, like they're, you know, folks in war zones, you know, so I, I give thanks. I, Watching, I used to live in New Orleans. Luckily, it was not during uh, uh, Katrina, um, and um, and I saw, but I saw some heartrending documentaries afterwards, where uh, a, a grown, you know, and especially in Black culture and many other uh, uh, oppressed uh, cultures, and even in in mainstream culture, man's not supposed to cry, kind of thing. And so, uh, and you know. I don't want my man crying all the time, but sometimes when appropriate, I want him to cry, you know? So, um, uh, but, you know, but I want him to, just as me, you know, to be, uh, strong enough that through his tears, we help the family survive and get what we need. Uh, so, and he cried and he's, and the, you know, the reporter said, you know, like, you know, what would you wish for? What would you need? He says, I wish for normalcy. So I do, you know, um, and I used, I hate, Great when gratefulness was put on me in um, churches and other institutions, even new age people, you know, it's like, don't complain, you should be grateful. And it's like, no, I have injury. I need to be able to complain. Uh, and but, so what I like about um, some of the, um, uh, one of the tapping uh, uh, companies that I tap along with, because it's so nice not to have to read or memorize what is the statement you're tapping to and when to to get a verbal cue of when to switch to the next point and so forth. Um, so, uh, and if you're really crafty, certain, um, certain um, points relate to certain physical and emotional. So it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be that complicated, but <laughs> if you can do it, right, it's even more powerful. You know, like this is the stomach meridian right here. And so if you have, you know, so stomach is about nurturing yourself. So if you were doing an affirmation or a statement about, you know, um, nurturing yourself, getting what you need, um, being full. And for listeners, Dr. E.K. is tapping kind of cheek, like cheek bones. Yeah, yeah, Un right under the pupil of the eye if you're looking straight ahead on the cheekbone. Yeah, and you just lightly tap, yeah. And remember to go gently because when I first started, because, you know, the only way I survived is like, gung-ho, do what it takes to survive. 
And so I, yeah, I bruised myself a lot <laughs> in the beginning, but now I'm so good. And now I remember, and now I remind my, my internal mother is so good and strong now that she reminds me if I find myself like desperately like, okay, let's get this done, like get this feeling, you know, process, uh, that I remember to be gentler uh, with myself. So if you can tap on the right, uh, um, uh, acupressure place, but, if you're like me, if you have ADD, PTHD, you just, you got a whole lot going on. It doesn't matter. Better to tap than not tap, right? And so, um, you know, so I do the meditate uh, and I don't do, you know, a lot of the meditation is about think of nothing. Oh, you are bad, you know, but, you know, so gentle, gentle is the number one word that I remember to be gentle myself. And one of my life sayings that I, you know, my students thought it was really funny. It's not complicated Spanish, mas que nada. You know, mayor que ayer, you know, but masquerade is easier to say. Uh, you know, so masquerade means better than nothing, and mayor que ayer means better than before, you know, so it's something, you know, and it does help. Every little bit, you know, counts without diminuizing the little bit. I gave a, a friend's daughter, I gave her $35. Um, which, you know, for me was a lot and uh, that, you know, in that way. And she, uh, and she says, well, every little bit helps. And I was like, I wanted to say, bitch, give me my money back. <laughs> little bit. That doesn't sound like, you know, that doesn't sound like great for us. So, uh, joy, you know, and noticing, taking time to notice my pets when they're kissing me. And, you know, I am being treated like a queen. And, you know, I, if I've ever prayed, you know, for someone who's just happy I'm alive, I have someone, you know, um, who's happy I'm alive, even if it's because they want to eat. And so, um, <laughs> you know, because they're, they're giving me uh, love and affection uh, versus mommy, mommy, I'm hungry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's beautiful, Dr. E.K. I, this has been such a powerful conversation. I feel like I just got like a master class in, oh, I don't even like that word. There needs to be another word for that. I but. know. It's, it, oh, and no, but then sometimes I try mistress class, but then it sounds like you're the, uh, you're not the wife. You're the one someone's cheating. Yeah. Language is tricky. Inner power class. Inner power class. I love it. Goddess class. The goddess class. Yes. Um, thank you. And we'll definitely, I'll include the links to your book, which I've read, I think I've, I've read the first 50 pages and it was just gripping. Your story is incredible. There's so many, whew, so many life experiences that happen. And um, I'm very excited to finish the rest of it and just keep learning from you. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for the opportunity to share with you. You have a sweet soul and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Before we go, I'd like to read a poem because poetry can reach our hearts in a different way. Poems can have us feel in a different way. And that's what this podcast is all about. Expanding our hearts, deepening our empathy, and inviting in joy. So each week, you get a new poem. Reverend Dr. E.K. Dauphin's book on fat and faith details her expansive, heartbreaking, challenging journey to connect the dots between her intersectionalities and reckon with them within our oppressive culture. And that feeling, that feeling in the book, that feeling in my conversation with her connected me to the feeling I get from this poem 
which is from Cole Arthur Riley's uh, Instagram project page that's called Black Liturgies. And that's where I found this. Climb back inside your body. No more split selves, minds without skulls. Don't let them slice you apart. Flail and shake like a haunting. You are alive. Thank you for joining me today. My hope is that you're feeling a little less alone and a little more seen. So until the next episode, you can find me on Instagram at fatjoy.life, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at fatjoy, and on Patreon at patreon.com slash fatjoy. Please do check out the show notes for how you can connect with my amazing guest and for the links to the poem. All right, lovely. I am sending you off with my best wishes for an abundantly fat joy day, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.